0: Ladies and gentlemen, this, this is Doctor Ron, the host of Doctor Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, with a few technical problems right off the bat. But be that as it may, ladies and gentlemen, this is our fifth season and our thirty-two second episode this year. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope to have uh, some interesting comments for you today and and. Uh, offer you uh, some critical care management protocols that you can do at home and uh, may assist you if you know someone that is that is quite ill. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. So with an attitude of gratitude, I welcome you because gratitude improves our immunity and gratitude improves the quality of life. And it is an antidote for negative emotions like all the depression and fear we're going through right now. So we hard to do in these times because of the 24-7 fear induced into us by the uh, tube. But thank you uh, and try and work on that. So we have a lot to get through today. And I just want you to be, like I've been telling you, the CEO of your own body. You have a right to ask questions. You have a right to get answers before you allow anything to be done to it. Own your body, free your mind. It's so much more than a cure. The other day I recommended, and I still recommend it, that you Go to the internet and and look up "pandemic Indoctrination. This um, video reveals the driving forces behind the vaccine agenda. It looks at the roles of the World Health Organization, Bill Gates, Tedros from the WHO, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Mainstream Media, Silicon Valley Giants, Big Pharma, and many others connecting the dots between them. So just to give you a a, a quick summary, the U.S. CDC owns the patent for SARS-CoV, the virus responsible for SARS, isolated from humans. In 2007, the CDC filed a petition with the Patent Office to keep their coronavirus patent confidential. They also own patents for detection methods and for a kit to measure the virus. So, how does this work? work? By law, one cannot patent naturally occurring DNA. If the SARS-CoV is natural, then the patent is illegal. If the virus is man-made, the patent is legal. But the creation of the virus would be in violation of the biological weapons, treaties, and laws. So, make up your own mind. Either way, it seems the CDC has engaged in illegal activity. Because the CDC owns the patent on the SARS-CoV, it controls who has the ability to make inquiries into it. Unless authorized, you cannot look at the virus, you cannot measure it or make tests for it since they are owned patents by the CDC. And the CDC obviously has a profit motive. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill owns a patent describing methods for producing recombinant coronaviruses. So if you don't think we're being used and abused, schooled and fooled, you might want to watch this pandemic video. And to give you more optimism, though, remember amateurs built the ark, but professionals built the Titanic. So look, generally uh, how it's worked over the five, last five years. After I do a show, I, I. Uh, put the notes into a clipboard and put them away. But things are changing and uh, it seems like I keep my notes all over the place in stacks because we keep coming back to this coronavirus. I I keep coming back to death by modern medicine, the real epidemic. You know, the third leading cause of death is doctors. I mean, hundreds of thousands. I mean, when you add in diagnostic errors, errors of omission, failure to follow guidelines, the number of preventable hospital deaths plus doctors skyrockets to 440,000 a year. So we have death by physicians, number three on the list. We have 600,000 cancer deaths, 600,000 plus cardiovascular deaths. Where is the real epidemic? and are we do we have an epidemic? Do we have a pandemic or are we having just too many tests done? and we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that a lot. So I was going to talk to you today about health freedom, and we're going to save this for next week because I have some other information I want to bring to you. Because health freedom is an essential part of what it means to be free, right? And what it means to be an American. A foundational principle of the United States is the freedom to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. Unencumbered by anyone or any entity as long as that pursuit does not harm anyone else. So health is an essential part of life, liberty, and happiness. So we are continually being bombarded uh, with uh, drugs from the pharmaceutical companies because they want to have a pill for every ill. Many factors are, are involved in this. And a lot of people are just being overdosed and over-treated. And these resources are wasted because these resources could be spent preventing or treating genuine illnesses. And this is what I was going to get into today. If we have time, we'll start this at the end of the program. Also, at the end of the program, if you can stay in, I want to talk you a little bit about honeybees and its relation to this whole uh, pandemic that we've been through. Because big pharmaceutical companies want you to, to think, oh, you're not sick, or you are sick. They want you to think you're sick. You just don't know it yet because they want to come up with a therapy, with a something they can sell you. They have, have expanded the dis- definitions of diseases and and they've made it easier to diagnose certain diseases so they could have a pharmacological intervention. They make up the guidelines. In medical school, you're not taught about oily skin or dry skin. It's not a diagnosis, it's a symptom. And in medicine, it really is true. Most of the time, less is more. So let's talk about that maybe at the end of the program. Uh, but I, I wanna start out by just uh, like, almost like a public service announcement. Because everybody thinks they should be eating organic, right? And we put out a lot of extra scratch for the organics. Be- why? Because we think they're better, cleaner, and safer. That's what you think, right? But you thunk wrong. In too many cases, the organic label screaming at you from the front package is little more than a scam. One that's aimed at separating you from your scratch, from your hard-earned cash. In some cases, what's inside those foods is nearly as bad as what's what's in the cheapo versions, right, that you're trying to avoid. There's been a report just out that's really alarming because it it talks about ingredients hiding in dozens, if not hundreds, of packaged organic foods. The feds admitted it shouldn't be there at one time, and they vowed they'd order it out. Except it never happened. It wasn't one of those promises, made promises kept. It was a promise from the government and it was it worth the zip. What's that hidden ingredient? It's called carrageenan. Made from seaweed. Sounds pretty good, right? What, what does it do? It's used to improve the texture in foods as a stabilizer in drinks. It's found in processed foods, frozen foods, deli meats, and pre-cooked chicken and other poultry products. But there's a problem. Your immune system can think it's a threat. And what is the basis of most chronic diseases? Inflammation. And that's what your immune system will react with this this carotid gene inflammation. And in some people, that could create some serious health issues. According to the Cornucopia Institute, this particular form of inflammation could lead to inflammatory bowel disease. You're you're looking like an ulcerative colitis. Everybody knows rheumatoid arthritis, arteriosclerosis, and cancer. One animal study found carrageenan in diet can lead to colon cancer. But it's not just the big threat you got to worry about. This stuff can also lead to the small-time miseries you'd rather not deal with, such as bloating, diarrhea, nausea, and other GI symptoms. Some people who have had a lifetime battle with diarrhea have found the problem completely vanishes when they eliminate carrageenan. And this really shouldn't be a problem or an issue for people who switch to clean organics. In 2016, the National Organic Standards Board ruled that carrageenan be removed from the list of acceptable organic ingredients, except the USDA. They backtracked on that one also. So, B is a reminder that just because something says organic, on any kind of package or processed food doesn't magically make it better. In many cases, these supermarket staples are just overpriced versions of the same junk you're trying to avoid. And just, you know, and you know you're paying a lot more. Many organic foods aren't even from the United States. They're shoddy imported. And where? From China. And they, you know, as you've been finding out recently, they are not held to our standards. And heck, how, do you, how can you even inspect or investigate those products? And then we find a 2017 report that found many foreign imports, including organics, are chemically fumigated when they enter the United States. Don't you just love those chemical fumes? And then what's the other scam that they pull? Look closely at the word organic on the label. You might find it really says made with organic ingredients, which really means that it is only partially organic. Now, that doesn't mean you should give up and buy junk food, just the opposite. Stick to organics, avoid packaged foods in general, no matter what's on the label, buy fresh and local when you can. So this this uh, research was done by Dr. Alan Spreen, and I th- thought it was worthwhile to bring it to you uh, because, you know, where are you going to get this? Where are you going to get this? Okay, so something else. You know, we've been talking about hydrochlor HCT, We've Been talking about it for a while. Hydro, hydroxychloroquine. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, hydroxychloroquine. And how it's been uh, pushed to the background in favor of uh, a drug that has been sponsored by Dr. Tony. Remdesivir. Well, August 21st. In a journal of the American Medical Association, headline, study remdesivir doesn't boost outcomes in moderate pneumonia from COVID-19, a $3,200 drug given intravenously, over ten days, patients given this ten day course of antiviral drug fared no better than those who didn't receive it, and were just as likely to die. Those that were administered a five day course saw an improvement, but the difference was of uncertain clinical importance. So this is the drug that Dr. Tony's been waiting for, and he's and he's demonized hydroxychloroquine, in spite of uh, a renowned Yale epidemiologist, Dr. Harvey Risch, who actually penned a letter to to him with other physicians worldwide, because they discovered that high-risk patients can be treated successfully as an outpatient within the first five to seven days of the onset of symptoms with this cocktail consisting of hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and and the, the Z pack, and if people were worried about their heart, they could switch the Z pack out for vibromycin, which is doxycycline. So we have the therapeutics. Okay, we have the therapeutics. So where do we where do we want to go from here? Well, uh, you know, things are getting better. Right? Death rates are almost down to nothing. They don't even qualify for an epidemic. But well, we have a case-demic. And what's a case-demic? Well, a case-demic is that all the testing that's going on. The death rate is nothing, but the cases are going up and up and up, which is really good. It's really good for us, okay? Because it shows that there were a lot of asymptomatic people that have been exposed to this virus and are immune to it. So what's a case, demic? Well, if you can think of a bell curve, you know, it starts low and then goes up and then comes down. Well, we did have a lot of deaths in that March. uh, I mean, April, May timeframe, where it would be like at the top of that curve. And now it's way down the bottom. But if you superimpose cases, and that's what you're hearing today, that's the fear they're putting into you. How many new cases? And it's really quite high. So we're having another spike. So that is driving a lot of policy that is inhibiting us from doing things. So this has been termed a case-demic. Not an epidemic, not a pandemic, but a case-demic. Do you understand that? Lots of cases don't mean a pandemic. It just means that we're we're testing more than any other country in the world. And with a test that is not even so accurate, with lots of false positives and false negatives, but be that as it may, our death rates are down. Our death rates are markedly down. Here in Florida, we are really, really doing really great with cases and uh, with testing. But the sad part of all this is I had two physicians today asked to be on this program. And they sent me an email that says the decline of diabetic patient visits during COVID is causing amputations and surgery. Harvard Medical School Assistant Professor of Surgery, Dr. Din, and President of the American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons, is seeing this firsthand. Her patients. A 61-year-old with diabetes and a full foot ulcer, delayed medical care due to concerns about the COVID. When she finally was evaluated, her infection was so severe and gangrene and osteomyelitis. Osteomyelitis is bone infection. She had to undergo emergency surgery. And thankfully, her limb was not lost. Dr. Sachs, president of the American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons, says a delayed visit can result in non-healing wounds on a patient's feet and ultimately an infection or an amputation as a result of the the delay. Dr. Sachs has performed more amputations in the past few months than he has in the past several years. So they've asked to be on the program, and I'm, I'm going to consider that. Isn't that awful? Isn't that awful? Now, there is good news. Like I said, the case cases are going up, but the death rate is going down. The good news is uh, Dr. Scott Atlas has been added to our COVID team. Dr. Atlas is a brilliant guy. He, uh, he thinks that by early October, we could be well burned out of COVID. In his opinion, we could see it turn inert because his opinion is that every time it mutates, it gets less potent. And his reason for this, some underappreciated T cells along with prior immunities are the reason. So this coronavirus is not new. I mean, it, it, the, 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 the mutated one is the one that they that China put out on us, but people have been exposed to coronaviruses if, if you've had a cold. So it looks like some of that immunity is cross-reacting with this COVID. So he says we could by early October, this could be inert or dormant. Isn't that great news? As he says, some people who have a common regular cold over the course of the summer, they end up miraculously less likely to get COVID, according to to Dr. Atlas. And people that get colds, that's a large large amount of people, wouldn't you say? All right, so I told you about remdesivir, uh, and now let's talk about some other issues that have come up this week that I think are important. A summary of what we'll talk about is this. Vitamin C and quercetin. Quercetin is a plant. We've been recommending it since the beginning. But when you combine it with vitamin C, it has a synergistic effect that make them useful in the prevention and early at-home treatment of COVID-19. And they're part of the MATH-MATH-PLUS protocol which was developed by the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Working Group, FLCCC. Isn't that something? Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Working Group. For COVID-19 prophylaxis, the FLCCC recommends vitamin C, quercetin, zinc, melatonin, and vitamin D3. How many times have we talked about vitamin D3? And I want to take this opportunity to remind you that has to be between 60 and 90, 60 and 80 nanograms per milliliter, 60 to 80, not the normal between 40 and 60 to get us ready for the flu season. But in any case, the COVID-19 prophylaxis, which means you can take it to prevent getting COVID. Now, if you have the symptoms... You can continue with the prophylactic regimen, but then you could add aspirin. Those of you uh, familiar with famotidine, that's an antacid, pepsid, and ivermectin. Remember Dr. Wang has told us about that two years ago. It's a heartworm medication, but it's been shown to inhibit SARS-CoV-2 replication in vitro, that means in the body. Now, this whole thing changes if you have to get in the hospital because now we have to talk about intravenous methylprednisolone. That's a a steroid. High doses of vitamin C. Thiamine, which is vitamin B1, and heparin, which is an anti-clotting drug, so we don't get clots in our lungs. And you can also add melatonin, zinc, D3, Atterovastin, believe it or not, because it's anti-inflammatory, famotidine and magnesium. Remember, famotidine is an acid. Now, and we're not saying uh, the, these proton pump inhibitors, two different things. So quercetin was initially found to provide broad-spectrum protection against SARS coronavirus in the aftermath of this epidemic that broke, broke out in 2003. That's when they found out quercetin is good against SARS. Now some doctors are advocating it, as I said, against COVID too, in combination with vitamin C, because they work together. They inhibit the virus's ability to get into the cell by transporting zinc across the cell membranes. They inhibit the replication of the infected cells. They help, How they help, they Inhibit their xeroxing themselves. They reduce infected cells, resistance to treatment. In other words, it makes them more susceptible to treatment with other medications. They inhibit platelet aggregation. What's that mean? That means clotting because COVID-19 patients, many of them suffer from abnormal blood clotting. And they decrease inflammation by a, by uh, getting uh, controlling that cytokine storm. And this all was developed here in the United States. It was developed by Dr. Paul Marik, M-A-R-I-K. He's a critical care doctor at Norfolk General Hospital in East Virginia. And he developed a sepsis treatment, which is... Now the standard of care for sepsis, which is a overwhelming blood infection, all through your body. Body. So he came up with this prophylaxis treatment, and I'm just going to give it to you. Prophylaxis, in other words, you can take this so that you don't get COVID. Vitamin C, five hundred milligrams. Quercetin, 250 to 500 milligrams. Zinc, 75 to 100 milligrams a day. Some of them prefer zinc lozenges. After you do that for a month, you reduce the zinc to 30 to 50 milligrams a day. Melatonin. Okay, Melatonin has been found to help people with covid Now, when I talked about melatonin, I recommended three milligrams at bedtime. They're recommending 0.3 milligrams up to two milligrams at night. And they're recommending vitamin D3, one to 4,000 international units per day. And that's pretty much what I recommended to this audience uh, during the past three months. I said around 5,000 units per day. But the good thing about vitamin D3 is you can go to your physician and have your vitamin level checked. So you'll know exactly how much to take. Okay, so then this article that they, they talk about, the, you know, if you get sicker, what to do, and then if you're in the hospital, what to do, because it, each phase requires different treatment, but it is responsive. Doctor said that this is a steroid-responsive disease. What does that mean? It means that this COVID-19, if you get into the hospital, is responsive to cortisone, a steroid. But he he stresses that timing is critical because as the virus load decreases, in other words, you, this virus gets in your cell, starts dip, dip, duplicating itself like a Xerox machine, starts all the damage then as it starts going away then you have to deal with the inflammation so it is not really the virus that's causing this cytokine storm because when you get into the pulmonary phase of this disease it's really the inflammatory response okay but hopefully we won't even get there and you can just uh work on the uh, prevention of this COVID. And as I said, we are in the bottom stages of this, according to all the literature that I read and according to Dr. Scott Atlas. Okay, so Pepsid is this, this antacid that is optional while you're at home optional while you're at home so say you're at home and uh you start getting maybe you lose some taste and you get sick you have like flu-like symptoms well continue with the vitamin c the zinc the melatonin though would be increased to 6 to 12 milligrams vitamin d would stay the same But then you would add the Pepsid, the famotidine, 20 to 40 milligrams a day. And if anyone wants this chart, it is readily available on the internet at evms.edu forward slash COVID care. If you send me an email to dronradio at gmail.com, I can send this information to you. So, have we been abused, used, schooled, and fooled during this whole so called pandemic? Did people make money out of this? Did people lose their, their businesses? Suicide rates up, depression's up, child abuse is up, and no one's talking about that. No one's talking about their the children. The children that are, the emergency rooms are seeing more abused children than ever before. So lots of other effects from this virus than just the respiratory ones, the ones that get you in the hospital. Lots of ancillary effects. And the one that I see the most is fear and depression and willing to follow anything the government tells tells you to do because believe me you could do your own research here but lockdowns as i said on my saturday program have not shown to do have been any 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 value sweden did not shut down i they did have some deaths because they made the same mistake that Cuomo made by putting infected patients in nursing homes. But other than that, they never shut down—not at all. They did not have a mandatory mask law. None at all. And where are the the strictest restrictions in New York and uh, in California? you can't do anything but riot and protest. They are their their cases and and disease is still way ahead of the national norm. Not like Florida and Texas, where you know we have Doctor uh, Doctor, we have Governor Abbott, and um, uh, Desantis. And look at Georgia. Georgia never shut down, never had a a mandatory anything, and they're doing great because this virus is slowly dying out anyway. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and keep our immune system strong, take our probiotics, turn off the television. <clears throat> if you're going to watch television after nine o'clock at night, blue blocking lenses. And in fact, I'm going to ask you uh, that if you have a, a, a topic you would like for me to talk about on this show, send it to Radio at gmail.com. And if I pick that topic, I'll send you one of my glasses, my blue blocking glasses so that you don't have that blue light going into your, to your retina. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we will have an optometrist talk about how blue light and screen time is affecting your child's vision. I think that'll be a good program. I'll let you know a week in advance, <clears throat> but, uh, so, get outside while you can. Get your vitamin D level up. Exercise your right to take care of yourself. And I guess you know I wasn't going to talk about this uh, today, but you know this. You know we've talked about it in the past about BPA. It's that plastic uh, bisphenol A. It was supposed to have been eliminated because it's an endocrine disruptor. Well, they're finding out it's still in our plastic, ladies and gentlemen, because they're finding it in bodies. Bisphenol A, BPA. It's a ubiquitous ingredient in plastic products and coating and resins produced throughout the world. And we've talked about the concerns for this. And BPA mimics naturally produced hormones like estrogen. and because it does that it's thought that it can just dis- disturb your endocrine system and your endocrine system regulates everything from fertility to brain development and it can easily seep into the environment from these many products that c- that contain it so it might be really practically impossible to avoid it's bad for sea life it's bad for coral it's bad for small animals studies have <clears throat> excuse me studies have linked higher levels of exposure to a greater risk of health conditions like obesity type 2 diabetes and decreased fertility in men and women remember we did a program on how men are becoming less fertile and have less testosterone it's banned from baby bottles right Excuse me. So BPA tends to be quickly broken down by the body into byproducts. And a study in Lancet on Thursday, Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology, the authors detailed the creation of a new test meant to more accurately detect this. They think there's more BPA around than than anybody really knows at this point. Microplastics. You know, you you probably hear it on the news that it's in fish. Microplastic, tiny bits of debris. So just want to, you know, there's nothing we can do about that right now. Okay. You know, we can avoid drinking out of plastic bottles. We can go to glass. It's in the air, it's in the soil, it's in the water. There's no magic answer. So what we have to do is really go back to the source. We need to go back and reevaluate the safety of this chemical and, and put some teeth in, in the, uh, in the legislation. Okay. So if you need the critical care COVID management protocol, you can either send me an email at docronradio at gmail.com or go to evms.edu forward slash COVID care. So I think that's good information for you to have, especially uh, if you have a loved one that uh, gets more than mildly symptomatic and has to go in the hospital. They have a whole protocol that the doctor should be following. Definitely don't want to be put on a ventilator. 97, I think, over 95% of people put on ventilators die because the increased pressure decreases the amount of space available for oxygen. So they have been having more success with nasal cannulas, low flow or high flow, or hyperbaric oxygen chambers, putting people face down. They call it prone positioning. Hopefully, when they won't get to that stage. But if they are on a ventilator, the lowest possible pressure, because there is a, a physics, a law in physics called Boyle's law. As you increase the pressure, you decrease the volume. So, as you on a high pressure ventilator, they have less volume for the sac to have uh, air in it. So, please be careful. Anyway, cr- critical care COVID nineteen management protocol. Last update was July 9th of 2020, available from me or from the website, evms.edu forward slash COVID care. I hope that has been some good information for you today because I, I think especially the prophylactic part is important. And is there going to be another virus? Yes, but we've learned a lot about how to handle this. this. The lockdown was not the answer. The lock, the, the the basis is that's something that no one talked about because they wanted to sell pharmaceuticals. The basis is having a strong immune system. Keep your body strong, okay? Lack of fear. Gratitude. Social relationships. No one's talking about it, but that's the number one thing to keep your immune system strong is social relationships. And then you go into the probiotics, the vitamin D uh, and so forth. Okay, We've, we've talked about all that. So yeah, there'll be another virus. There'll be another pandemic, but we've learned a lot and we'll have better people in place that will not have an ulterior motive for keeping us locked down and keeping us subservient and making the government the religion that we kneel to. It's going to happen again, but we'll be prepared and you'll be prepared because you're going to have high vitamin D3 levels. And there's going to be more control over these vaccines. And that's a whole, that's a month's worth of programming. Because there's been no long-term studies of these vaccines, and and it's hard to believe, isn't it? No long-term studies on vaccines. In fact, there was a uh, landmark, actually, vaccine lawsuit that was run by uh, won by uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Dell Bigtree. and it has huge applications. Okay, but. And basically, the the case is being cited all over the place. Because, you know, we have so much autism and chronic diseases and neurodegenerative diseases. And these vaccines, in order to make them effective, have all kinds of adjuvants, like especially the one aluminum. I mean, aluminum, the nanoparticles that can get into your brain. And how about formaldehyde and Roundup, glyphosate? But not to go off on that chan- tangent, but the, the uh, Robert F. Kennedy and the team demanded relevant government documents proving that all federally approved vaccines have been tested for quality over the past 32 years. Do you know how many documents were provided to them? None. Zero. No documents for quality over the last thirty two years. Is, does that does that surprise you? Because the pharmaceutical companies are the largest lobbying group in Washington. You know, one, one good effect I can talk about from this, you know, ch- children have not uh, been getting vaccinated. And you know what? Childhood deaths are going down. Childhood deaths are going down. So this whole vaccine program, I get you know, it, and I'm not against vaccines. I'm only, I am for safe vaccines. And uh, maybe next week I can read you the list of about 100 ingredients in vaccines. And you know, people that got get that had more than two flu vaccines were thirty six percent more likely to get COVID. Not my word. Thirty six thousand people were were tested about this. Not 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 two or four or hundred. Thirty six thousand from the Veterans Administration. You know that the flu vaccine is like thirty six percent effective at at most. And do you know the flu? germ mutates in the, in the chick embryos that it's, that it's grown in. So by the time you have one virus, when it goes into the embryo and it's another one when it gets into the shot. So I guess it's like one of those things where don't get me started, but I thought that was a, wasn't planned on telling you about that this week, but uh, this may be the reason why they may not be able to force us to uh, take a shot. And as I told you, this is the vaccine from hell, the one they're planning for COVID, because it can change your DNA. It can change your DNA. Isn't that incredible? All right, so look, I promised you something about honeybees, because I think this is really important. The honeybee is saying, wake up before it's too late. There's no more time. There's an isle. It's called the Isle of Wight. It's off the southern coast of England. And guess who was there early on? Guglielmo Marconi. He built the world's first permanent radio station. And guess what? And the bees' first warning to humanity was heard. They are often to be seen crawling up grass stems or up the supports of the hive where they remain until they fall back to the earth from sheer weakness and soon afterwards they die. This was written from Christ College, Cambridge in 1906. 90% of the bees had already vanished from the entire island of white after this antenna was put up. Unable to find a cause, he called it simply Isle of White disease. Swarms of healthy bees were imported from the mainland, but it was of no use. Within a week, the fresh bees were dying off by the thousands. Now, later, what's happening on November 19, 2019, a 5G antenna was placed 250 meters from Angela's house in Milburn, Australia. Quote, I photographed the new mask going onto the cell tower, she writes. And the next day I was in the driveway taking out our uh, carpenter and we saw bees dropping on the driveway, driveway, then dying. I managed to film one trying to collect pollen. <coughs> Excuse me. But it was hanging upside down and could not seem to make it to the center of the flower and then it rolled off the petals to the ground. Now our garden is silent and barren. There are no insects. None. The bees are telling us to wake up. Radio waves are a poison to our life. That's why I've been telling you. Turn off your Wi-Fi at night. In the mid-1990s, the invisible fire that Marconi had lit became a conflagration for the first time in human history radio waves began to be broadcast not only from tall towers that were scattered across the landscape but from the hands of men women and children everywhere now is this going to bring us to the brink of distinction did the bees warn us for no reason That's why I recommended you to to look at that book, The Invisible Rainbow, The History of Electricity and Life by Arthur Furstenberg. Because everything doesn't operate on its own. And 5G, in my humble opinion, played a, a role in this pandemic. You know, 60 more satellites were launched today. There's like 12,000 of SpaceX put up there, and they have applied for an incredible total of 42,000. And they're launching them at 60 at a time, twice a month. You know, there's 9,000 visible stars. We're going to have more satellites up there than visible stars. Is this global vandalism, ladies and gentlemen? What is it going to do to us? Is it going to? Are we going to be the honeybees? The Invisible Rainbow: The History of Electricity and Life, a, a worthwhile read. So, ladies and gentlemen, next week we will get to the stated topic about health, freedom, and a pill for every ill and overdiagnosis and the role that pharmaceutical companies are playing in the education of our new physicians. And I told you before, most residents use Google when they are looking at a diagnosis. So someone said to me, what's the difference between a good physician and a great one? My answer is the the medical training here in the United States is still fairly good, but what separates out the great doctors are the ones that can critically think about an issue. Ones that just, just don't read the abstract and the conclusion, but, but doctors that can read everything in between and form a critical opinion. So if you read the abstract and the conclusion, as they did here at the beginning of this pandemic, This stop COVID at all costs should never have been a policy. A targeted approach to the vulnerable, aged citizens with comorbidities and let life go on would have been a more reasoned, critical thinking approach. Okay, so that's not saying we should even though the, the death rate is 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 out of the epidemic range and almost where where it is without COVID, you know, wash your hands. Okay, uh, watch and be careful. The most vulnerable are the those in nursing homes. And and the frontliners really should be taken care of. You know, I'm not a mask believer because um, it's been proven time and time again, they they do nothing but uh, are a muzzle. They don't prevent the small nanogram viruses from going in or out. They have more harm than good. They decrease your oxygen and increase increase your CO2, thereby decreasing your uh, immunity. You sneeze. either I see people sneeze into their mask and it gives them the opportunity to breathe their viruses back in or they pull the mask off and sneeze out into the air and then put the mask back on. So then they can breathe it in again. It doesn't get filtered. It doesn't get filtered, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, I totally keep telling you, we have millions and millions of viruses that we need in our body. We have 380 trillion viruses in our body 60 trillion bacteria and we only have 6 trillion human cells so do you think that there's a reason for that i think there is a reason for that the all-knowing knew what he was doing we have they are our life that we have more dna from these organisms than we do our human dna so next week I want to talk about your brain, your immune system, and health care. I think that's they're important issues, so that you can be the CEO of your own body, so that you are not used and abused, schooled and fooled, and that there is medicine should not be a pill for every ill. So remember, if you want that uh, protocol for COVID. Uh, two ways of getting it. You can drop me an email at docronradio at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for topics you want to hear, drop me an email at docronradio at gmail.com. If you want to download your own latest version of the COVID management protocol, you can get that at evms.edu forward slash COVID care. And I really have my own attitude of gratitude for all the new listeners here on Podbean, uh, it is really humbling. And uh, starting next week, uh, I think we'll be ready to, to take calls. If anybody wants to call in and ask a question, I think uh, I understand the uh, studio board enough now I can do that. And as I say, we, our next guest, and it'll probably be in two weeks, will be an optometrist talking about screen time and how we can help our children in front of a computer or a television all day long so again ladies and gentlemen thank you so much and we'll see you next I week
1: really for the I hope he got some good so tune in next week. When the doctor is in the house, or when the doctor is in the house, let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house, the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. The let the doctor know what's bothering you, I'm sure he could tell you just what to do, the doctor is in the house, the doctor is in the house, let the doctor know what's bothering you, when the doctor is in the house, so if you have a pain call the doctor if you have a strain call the doctor and let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house see you next week